This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. My name is Jason Lindeman. I've got two little girls. Uh, Infinity is eight. She's about to be nine. And Shiley is seven, about to be eight. They're born uh, a year and five days apart. The reason that uh, that I first started attending at Faith Christian Family Church was uh, with the partnership that they had with my father's house at the time. Um, at that time, I wasn't married. And my children were living with their mom, and she had, had come to my father's house. And so through the partnership with my father's house, um, folks from Faith Christian would actually go over there, pick up the ladies that lived there, and bring them back over here. So just as a way to kind of uh, get some get some things going with my family, I started coming here then uh, with all the, the people from my father's house. And really, it, it kind of changed the way that I'd seen church. Um, I grew up in a, in a church in the community that I went to, and I guess it never really stuck. I never really got it. And then when I got older and went to college, things just kind of blew away. Um, and so coming here and seeing people that were really, truly praising and worshiping and then really hearing, hearing Pastor Stormy's heart and being able to get teaching from the Bible that made sense and that, that I really connected with, that was just huge. Getting connected as far as serving, I mean, uh, <laughs> kind of the way that it all started was uh, whenever I first started here, if you had your kids in the kids' ministries, then there was an expectation of helping out. Uh, and so quite honestly, when I first started, uh, you know, it wasn't something like, oh, yay, I get to go and play with all these kids. But um, over time, it's grown to be something that I really enjoy doing and I really look forward to doing. There's a ton of stuff that's changed in my life. Um, I think... Uh, joy and peace. Um, somebody sent me a message on Facebook the other day uh, to say, uh, you know, I hope God continues to provide the, the smile on your face. And uh, several years ago, that was kind of something that, that was real big to me was, uh, you know, that, that God was going to be the, the yeah, spring in the step, spring in my step and the smile on my face. It's just uh, it's so much fun. The last time I was in the kids room, uh, I like to, if you've ever seen me in there, I like to throw them up in the air and do voices and have all sorts of fun with them. I had this kid up in the air like this, and uh, right as I had him up as high as he would go, a big old glob of spit just went right into my face. And, you know, when I first started back, you know, six years ago, that might have kind of put me off, but I just laughed it off now because it's just, it's so much fun to be able to connect and be able to love on folks like that um, and just to have a great time. Serving-wise for the future, what, what would I hope my kids would do? That, that's kind of a big question. A lot of times whenever we're hanging out at the house and talking, it's, oh, Daddy, I want to be a singer or a veterinarian or a teacher or whatever. And I've tried to get them to think about more of who they want to be versus what they want to do. Because once you get things right in here and you know who you are in Christ, then everything else is just kind of a natural outpouring of that. Um, as far as serving for them, uh, they really are both very, very compassionate. They love coming up here and being able to sing and, and do praise and worship. They even play a little game when we're driving. They'll call uh, 
sing it out loud, I think is what they call it. And so they'll both just sing songs that they make up on the fly. And so they sing about God. They sing about, uh, I think Infinity's song is called The Gift for the Child. And so she sings about baby Jesus. And then Shiley has these other songs that she sings. So um, I think in the serving area, them being able to uh, participate in praise and worship is huge. I'd really like to see them uh, be able to get out of their comfort zone and kind of, uh, you know, encourage their friends at school to go to church lots of times they've wanted to invite all sorts of people to come with them so I, I think as a child those are ways that they can serve serving at faith christian family church has just been an absolute joy to me um there are times whenever i think oh man it's it's my sunday but as soon as i get in there and see all those smiling faces and have that opportunity to love those kids i love it um it's just an awesome experience. It's really changed my heart, and so now it's not the, it's something that you have to really focus on. It's a, a true change, and so uh, I just encourage all of you to reach out there and uh, find a spot where you can plug in and serve, and uh, thanks to all the folks at Faith Christian Family Church for giving me an opportunity to serve. It's incredible to me to watch how he, he loves those kids, and he just moved great in that, and I've said this for many years. You can bluff for a little while being a pastor, and you can bluff for a little while being a, a, a youth minister. You can't bluff with children, okay? You'll figure out your calling with them real quick. And so I thank God for ones that, that serve in our children's ministry, but you who serve all over this building. I mean, it's always interesting to me on Sunday mornings to see all the different volunteers come in here to pull this off. So I want to say thank you. This doesn't happen without all of you, but also we need to get more of you involved, okay? So look with me in John 18, verse 37. Pilate, who is this weak Roman governor, therefore said to him, to Jesus, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. In other words, what you said is true, that Jesus was a king. But he goes on to say this with this powerful and definite answer. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now it's interesting to me always that Jesus says, for this cause I came into the world. Every one of us in this room are here for a cause. And it's a kingdom cause. We're not here just to make a living. We're not just here to have an occupation. We're here for a kingdom cause. And Jesus said that cause was the truth. Now, John 14, 6, he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we're here to bear witness of that truth, that life, and everything he's done for each one of us. Now, go back just a little bit to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and as you're turning there, let, let me ask you this. What cause, if any, will define your life? What cause, if any? And I don't want my life to be defined by maybe winning a state championship in high school. I don't want my life to, to, to be defined that I, I won the seventh grade spelling bee, which I didn't, but that's a great thought anyhow. See, I, I want my life to be defined by the things of God where I look back and say, you know, while I was here, I ran the race, but I, I led people to Jesus. I told them about Jesus, 
And, and the thing is that, that the passion of God on the inside of me is this. For, for many years of my life, I didn't live for the Lord. And I, I will identify with many of you here. If Jesus wouldn't have came into my heart and saved me, I, I would be in prison for the rest of my life or I would be dead. That was the track of my life. Man, I'm, I'm born again and I'm saved and I'm full of God. And so I'm going to be passionate about it. I'm going to be excited about it. And now the first service, I didn't sing them this song, but I, I well, I kind of did. And some of you will remember this, this song, This Little Light of Mine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You remember that? What a great singing, Pat. I'm not called to sing, okay? I'm called to preach. You see why? But when you, 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 you're not called to hide that. We're called to be a light. I'm the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. I'm the city that's set on a hill. I'm to voice the things of God. We are living the morals for the things that God has done for us. And so, and we ought to be passionate about it. We should tell people about Jesus, okay? John 12, verse 23. But Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now Jesus not only knew that He was going to die, He knew how He was going to die. Keep reading, verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone, now I like the word anyone. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am... There my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now these are some traits of servanthood right here. And if you really look at verses 23 through 26, he's telling us there must be a willingness within me and you to die for him. Are you talking about dying? Yeah. And I realize in America, we, we don't have that happen very often. How many of you have ever come to church on Sunday morning and wondered, is someone going to point a machine gun at me for speaking in the name of Jesus? But yet I look at this and I think, if I had to come up here today and I knew there was an opportunity for someone to point a gun at me and say, if you preach in that name, this is, this is what's going to happen. How many of us would go ahead and do it for this cause? He had a good friend that was in Russia, guys. He was a missionary over there. And that exact scenario happened to him. That he goes into an underground church of 500, the KGB comes in. And they said, if you are here and you profess Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you don't want to die, then get out. About half of them jumped out. They looked around the room a little bit later. Thirteen of them with machine guns. And they said, if you will want to die tonight for the cause of Jesus Christ, get out. This is your last opportunity. He said another half of them left. He said, I was left standing there. And he said, they locked the doors. And we're all thinking, is this it? And he said, the head of that KGB group looked at him and said, now preach to us about your Jesus. We wanted ones who would be willing to die for the cause. Am I willing to die for the cause? The next thing he gets in there is he, he talks about, are you willing to, to serve him? And the last thing he lists is, is he speaks very personally of serve me. 
Die for me. Walk with me. Serve me. And he gets over personally to me and you. He says me twice and he says my. Verse number 27. Now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, this cause, this reason, I came to this hour. So Jesus' cause was so vital that He was willing to die for it. And He was willing to die for me and you. And I remember growing up and not knowing nothing about Jesus, but when they told me that a man willingly died for me, it changed my heart. Now, everyone that is born will die, but not everyone that dies will truly live. And, and I don't want to die, and I don't want you to die full of potential. And the potential in your life, guys, does not have an expiration date on it as long as you're alive. In other words, even if you were 20 years into being born again, even if you just got born again last week, God has kingdom potential with you. God wants to use you. God wants you to be a part of the kingdom. And Jesus Himself said in Matthew 20, 28, He said, I did not come to, to be served, but to serve. To give my life a ransom for many. And I think about that when Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. But so many times when we come even into church, our, our mentality is, serve me, serve me, serve me. See, God's not into CEO Christians. You know what a CEO Christian is? Christmas and Easter only. God's not into a country club mentality where we sit around on our blessed assurance and think, I'm going to take a free ride. God's design is for each one of us to become servants of His. Prove that to me, Pastor. Well, I'm glad you asked. Go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want you to see some of this today. And what we're going to do, guys, we're going to lay a great foundation today. And even next week, we're going to go deeper in this. And, and the goal here is not to condemn it all. That's not my goal. My goal is that something is birthed in you today where you realize, I'm called to serve. And ultimately, you'll, you'll figure out where you're called to serve. Now, you think about King David's life, guys. Even as a teenager, what did he learn to do? As a he served. He's out there watching the sheep, which isn't a real prestigious job. And his dad says, you take some, some uh, supplies up to your brother. So remember, he takes supplies up there. He takes all that cheese and stuff to him. And ultimately, you know what's birth out of a heart of a servant as a teenager? He whips Goliath. And so ultimately, because of his heart to serve he keeps moving up. Remember, he served King Saul. But he always had a good attitude. I don't care how young you are. You can have a heart of a servant. And it blesses me when these teenagers serve. We've got teenagers that work in our children. We've got teenagers that are ushering. It blesses me. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Now look what Paul throws in there. Nor of me, his prisoner. Now you know why Paul's saying that? Is because Paul was literally in prison at this time in his life. Because he wasn't ashamed of the testimony of Jesus. 
He said, you know what? I'm not going to back off. I'm so much in love with Jesus. And, and this guy named Paul, remember before he was Paul, he was Saul. And what did he do? He went around tormenting the saints. But yet, when God moved in his life and Saul gave his heart to God, God made him a great servant. So he said, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor me, his prisoners, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel. Now, when I read this, share with me in the suffering, this is a warning to us, guys, that there will be opportunities for me and you to to suffer and be persecuted for being a Christian. If you haven't noticed lately in America, it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger, okay? You can go around and you can talk a little bit about God. You can talk a little bit about spiritual things, a, a higher authority. But you throw out the name of Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, some people don't want to hear it. They don't, even in America, okay? So there's just a warning in here. He goes on to say, there, Share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Now what that's telling me is when you start being bold with the things of God, God will empower you. God will help you. He'll lift you up in those times. Verse 9. Who has saved us and called us. I told you a minute ago, this is all in the Bible. That He saved us and He's called us. He saved you and He's called you. Now, salvation is what connects me to Jesus. But if all there was to salvation was eternity, and I'm not downplaying heaven, guys. But if you you haven't noticed, you're not in heaven yet. You're still here on earth, Toto, okay? And poke someone, you say, you're still here, buddy. So my point in saying that is, yeah, Jesus wants to save every one of us. But when he saves us, he doesn't come down out of the clouds of heaven and just whoosh you out of here right there, does he? If that was the case, we'd all be gone. So if I'm saved, why am I saved? For a calling right here on earth. So he said, I've saved you and I've called you. The Amplified says, with the calling in itself. So anytime God saves us, He's got a calling for every one of us. I don't care who you are. There is a kingdom calling here. And He said He's called us with a holy calling. The New Living says to live holy. The Amplified says a vocation of holiness. Not according to our works, but according to what? His own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now, you're not called just to go to work every day, okay? You're not called just to make a living. God has called you and God has purposed you. And when God calls you and God purposes you, He'll grace you. And you may think that you're just an electrician. You're just a plumber. You're just that. No, you're not. You're a kingdom agent here on earth to evangelize and disciple people that you work around. Every one of us in this room, we're called to make a difference. Now, you don't have to show me your hand. There's a lot of you in here. You probably work around a lot of heathens, a lot of worldly people, a lot of carnal people. Guess what? You may be the only light in that whole workplace. And a lot of times we pray, God, get me out of here. I hate it here. When in reality, God said, no, I need you here. I worked that way for 18 and a half years, guys. 
The guys I worked around with, when you would say good morning to you, you know how they would tell you good morning? They'd shoot you the finger. Bless them, Lord. Bless them in the name of Jesus. And so what I begin to see, guys, is those guys I was around. I was called to tell them about Jesus. And listen, it wasn't to bring my Bible and literally to preach to them. It was just to love them. And when I had the opportunity, I would tell them the truth. And the biggest thing that they be, will begin to see in us is not so much of what we say, but what do you do? What do you do? I'll never forget there was a situation, and I still talk to this guy about once a month. And, and we were in a situation, and man, I about broke my arm. It was just a matter of seconds till he's going to snap my arm in half. And after this took place, he looked at me just as serious as he could be. And he goes, you didn't even cuss. And I thought, he watches what I do. See, I'm the salt, you're the light. And this, this is what he's getting to right here. And he says, you've been called according to his own purpose. God has a purpose for you. A calling for you. Now Jesus himself said in Matthew 16, 18. Now get this. Listen to what he said. I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Jesus said, I will build my church. You know how Jesus builds His church? Off of people that get saved, that start walking in their calling, and that start walking in His purpose. And He will use me and you just like this to build His church. And I personally believe, guys, the church was significant and it is still significant when we lead people to Jesus or we lead them to have an encounter with Him. And the way He does that on earth is through people that begin to have a heart to say, you know what, I don't want my co-worker to go to hell. I don't want my neighbor to go to hell. I don't want my family to go to hell. But when you bring your family and your kids to church, guys, there's got to be someone to take care of them, to serve. That's where you guys come in. Show me that, Pastor. Well, go with me to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm telling you guys, this will get on the inside of you and this will stir you up. And this, this is my heart for every one of you, to find your calling, to find your purpose. 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 12. For as the body or the human body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now when we look at the, the, the human body, guys, every part of the, uh, of the human body has a specific function. Every part of it. And so, you know, you, you might look and say, well... This little pinky here, he's, he's not of a lot of value. Well, if you have that thought, you know what I ask you to do? This afternoon, I want you to go buy a, a roll of duct tape. And I want you to, to duct tape that little rascal down, okay? And I want you to go the rest of the day and just see what happens. And I venture to say that just in a couple hours, you would look and say, I love that little dude. He's special. He's special. And see, that's how the body of Christ, we've got to get to that point. Now, the problem a lot of times when we start talking about our functions, there's two sides of the rainbow. This side of the rainbow will come to the point that says, 
I'm more important than everybody else. That's a pride issue. That's not true. You're not any more important than anybody else. The other side of the rainbow says this. I don't have anything to offer. Both of those are a lie, okay? You do have something to offer. And, and I loved what Jason said in the video. When he first started out, guys, there was a little bit of an intimidation. Can I do this? Can I, when I first started out preaching, you know who I preached to first? A bunch of fifth and sixth graders. There was a great intimidation. Even with them little guys. Man, I was a nervous wreck. I didn't like that thought. But after a period of time, man, I began to love it. It stirred me up to begin to serve those guys. It's the same with you. It may be a little bit intimidating. That's all right. God will grace you. Where God leads, He feeds. And where God guides, He provides. He'll take care of us. He's just looking for people. Guess what with the body of Christ? God's not so much into ability that He's into availability. He's just looking for ones that will say, I'm available. I'm available. Okay, keep reading here. Verse 13. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So he tells me right there, there's many types, many varieties, many backgrounds. Some of you have been born again since you were little bitty. Some of us didn't do that. We took a kind of a, a different route. Maybe you've, you've gotten in trouble in life. Maybe you've never been in trouble in life. So what? God will use every one of us. Verse 14. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many members. And you'll see in this that God's desire is for every member to contribute. Verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now, get this, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as He pleased. And if they were all one member or the same, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Now listen, he didn't say that that they are weaker. He said they seem to be weaker, okay? You know who that's from? Men, men, we view things as different. Now keep reading with me, verse 23. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. You know what I believe that's saying right there? A lot of times we have this mentality that, oh man, he's the pastor. He's going to be so blessed. I personally believe this. That the ones that do things that are hidden, the ones that usher, the ones that serve in our children's ministry, man may not take a, pay a lot of attention to it, but God does. But God sees those things. And I believe with all my heart, God places great honor on ones that do things 
that hardly anyone ever sees. Hey, you, you get to see me up here every week, guys. I mean, I thank God he, He's put me in this position. But it, it, it's not to say, look at me, I'm the man of the hour with the power. And you say, well, I, I can't sing like Amy. Well, either can I. Well, I can't. But I look and I think, I, I can't serve children like Maria Richburg does. When I see what she does in there, I look and I think, that's incredible. That's incredible. And I can't connect to teenagers like Pastor Jimmy does. That's incredible. There's a couple guys in the church in Clovis that I grew up around. One of them, I call him the Apostle of Greeters. He's the ultimate greeter. And, and every time you see him, his smile is bigger than the state of Texas. And you almost look at him and think, he's, he's a fake, he's a phony, there's no way anybody can... And it's like everybody comes in, how you doing? Oh, hey, let me do that. And I realize this the more I'm around him. That's how he always is. When he puts a greeter badge on, he comes to life, man. I mean, you have put this dude in his element. Now, there's another guy in my brother's church that every time you get around, he, he's the apostle of encouragement. I mean, he's always encouraging you. I mean, I don't know about you. I like to be around people that, that tell you nice things. Oh, man, you look good today. You smell good. Well, this guy's always that way. And I would look at him and I'd think, what's up with this dude? What's up with I see him at the Men of Iron a week ago. And that spirit of encouragement, I mean, he came up and he started hugging me and telling me all these things. And for a minute I thought, where's he going? And then I realized, that's his gifting. That's his calling. That's the same for many of you. You're called to encourage. Step out and release that. You're called to greet. You would be a great greeter. You know how you know if you're a great greeter? If you like people. That's all that the qualities are? Yeah, if you like people, you'd be a great greeter. If you don't like people, we don't want you greeting. Okay? We've got to find another place for you. It's not to say you're not a value. You're just not going to be a good greeter. So we don't want to put you in a position where you fail. We want to find the fit for you. It's the same for every one of us. That's what makes the world tick. Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to see this. Ephesians 4. Ooh, I better get to moving. I better get to moving. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm, I'm going to begin reading here in just a second in verse 11. I want to read two verses, and you can, you can write these down for a reference for you. In verse 1, the Apostle Paul said, Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. What, what a statement. The prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. Now, notice there, he didn't say, if you were called. I can tell you this, right? You're called, okay? And then he said in verse 8, Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now, how many of you ever figured out with your gifts that God's given you? It wasn't so much that you got to choose them. I mean, if I could have chose my, my gifting, I, I would have been a great singer. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'd have tore it up, as a, but that didn't happen. Okay? And so you find out where you're gifted. I always look at the musicians. It's incredible to me how gifted they are in those areas. But I realize I didn't get that gifting, okay? 
If you've ever noticed the praise and worship team, they'll tell me, they said, Pastor, we can't even watch you clap. You throw the whole beat off. You're everywhere. I said, well, I'm, I'm white. I can't help it. I mean, bring, bring the blacks around me. Help me get me back on tune and everything. You know, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. I have no rhythm. I like to praise God. But you can't sing, but I like to praise God, okay? I, I better move on before we get in trouble here. Verse 11. And he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, a lot of times we quit right there. That's the five-fold ministry gives. But Jesus didn't quit. He said, for the quipping of the saints, okay? So really to me, when I look at that, there's a bunch in there, okay? And a lot of times we get the mentality, well, if I'm not apostle, I'm a nobody. No, you're not. I'm going to tell you that right now. So he goes on to say, for the quipping of the saints. That word equipping right there means to, to make fit, to prepare, to train, uh, to be fully qualified for service. So for the equipping of saints, now get this next part. For the, for the, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Do you know what this tells me right here? We are to equip saints. To be a part of the, the body of Christ. To be a, a functioning member of the church where you do something. You're not called to sit on your blessed assurance, okay? You're called to do something. So for the work of the ministry, but when we get a hold of our calling like he's talking about, for the work of the ministry, you know what ultimately is going to happen? The whole body is going to be edified. The whole body. What would our services be like if we could all sing? Well, it wouldn't be boring, but it would be different. But what would happen if we all had the same... See, we don't all have the same function. And this is what he's trying to tell us here. Keep reading here in verse, verse 13. Till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So he's talking about here, he wants to mature us. Verse 13 is about maturity. He goes on to say, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. That we should be no longer children. Listen, guys, I can't stay children as a Christian. You can't always stay a baby. You know what that means? Get off the bottle. I've got to grow up. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of the deceitful plotting. So when we look at verse 14, God's design is there becomes a stability in us here, guys. I'm not swung over here and I'm not thrown over here. Just the stability. You know, the greatest thing I see with Christians is this. Mm, you know what that is? Steady. Steady, steady, steady. The worst thing you can see with Christians is when they're on a roller coaster. Peaks and valleys. They're either happy, oh, praise the Lord, or they're down. They're suicidal. See, God wants us to be steady, st- stable, where you know what? I'm not moved by good times, bad times, mad times, sad times. I'm just happy. I'm just full of God all the time. Verse 14. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ. You know what he's talking about here, guys? He's talking about, man, we've got to grow up in the things of God. There's an integrity that comes with this. What's all this for? Verse 16. From whom the whole body... Joined and knit together 
by what every joint supplies. Notice it didn't say just a few. What every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying or building up of itself in love. I don't think it could be said any better or clearer than that. But guess what happens? When one part of the body doesn't function like it's supposed to, it affects all of us. Just think this for a minute. What if no one would have showed up today in the nursery or those children hallways and said, you watch your little blessed assurance. You take care of them. You know what a lot of people would do? They would pack up and go home. See, this is why it's important that we understand God has called us. And He's purposed us. Now, i got one more passage I want you to go to. Go to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Ain't got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Psalm 92. Listen, guys, I'm not, I'm not preaching condemnation here. I just want you to see you're important to the body of Christ. We just want to get you where you've got to fit. Man, when you show up, you show up and you greet. And you smile. You show up and you usher. we got good greeters and ushers. You can be a part of that. I'm telling you, the sound guys, man. That's what Brother Osteen said before he died and went home with Jesus. He said, the most important person on Sunday morning is not the pastor. It's the sound guy. I believe that more and more. Makes us sound good, okay? Psalm 92, verse 12. The who, the righteous, the uncompromising shall flourish like a palm tree. Now, in those days, guys, the palm tree was a sign not only of victory, but the palm tree was a sign that it was upright and it was fruitful. A week from today is Palm Sunday. When Jesus came riding in on that donkey, they waved those, those palm branches. If you ever look at a palm leaf, it's shaped like that. Victory, 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 victory. Victory, okay? That's how this writer looked at believers. He looked at men and women of God and said, I want you to be like a palm tree. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to live in victory. He goes on to say in verse 12, He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The cedar in Lebanon was viewed as strong. It was viewed as durable. It was viewed as majestic. You know why? They would grow to 120 foot tall. When you looked up, you would see them and you think, This is how this writer right here viewed believers. Palm trees and cedars. Now get this, verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. I've got to get a hold of that, okay? I've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. Listen, Listen, if you're not planted in this house, I welcome you to. But if you can't get, go somewhere where you can get planted, okay? Now, I'm, I'm a little bit of a gardener, and this is the time of year we're getting ready to start planting. Man, I'm going to tell you, the, the tomato plants are getting ready to be planted. If you've ever planted anything, when you get that thing in the ground, once it comes up, if you try to dig it up and replant it, it can make it. But it's very, very difficult for it to make it. You know why? The roots don't ever get established. It's the same in our life. Get your roots established somewhere, okay? Some, get involved in some church. Once again, I welcome you here, but if you're not here, 
find somewhere. You need to get planted in the house of God. Why? Well, look what it goes on to say. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Who? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. One translation says right there for flourish, it says they will flourish in service in the courts of our God. You know why they begin to flourish? Two reasons. Number one, they're planted. And number two, when you're planted, you'll flourish with your gifts and your talents. Stuff will begin to flow out of you. I believe this is one of the the greatest hindrance to believers in the body of Christ right now. There's there's a lack of fulfillment and there's a lack of purpose. We've got believers that go from church to church to church to church. They never get planted. And because they never get planted, there's never a purpose or fulfillment in their life. And so their their highlight of the year is, man, there's a new book out. God, I've got to get this book. There's a new CD out. I mean, you've got to hear this new praise and worship. I've got to get a new Bible. I've got to get a new church. And you know what the problem is? They're never rooted and planted. And so really, when I look at this, it's almost like people like this have become the Dead Sea. You know what the Dead Sea is? We take in and we take in and we take in and we take in. But we never give anything out. And we weren't called just to take in. We were called to to give out. Look what he goes on to say. They shall bear fruit in old age. You know what that tells me? When you start thinking you're getting a little older, don't think God's done with you. You will still bear fruit in old age. And you know what? When I see older people, guess what? They are full of wisdom and they're full of experience. And when you get around older believers, the best thing you can do is turn on these radars called your ears and begin to listen to them. Now, one of the ladies is, is, is your mama here today, Laurie? Is she not here? Carolyn's almost 80. And, man, when, when she speaks to me, guys, I mean, I will listen. There were times that she would walk by me on Sunday mornings and she would point her finger and she'd say, Preach the Word. Preach the truth. I'd say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. No, I loved hearing that. I loved hearing that because this was a lady who understood the things of God. Eighty years of serving God. She said this just recently to my wife. Man, it really, it really touched my heart. She explained a dream, and the church was in pink. The church was dressed or arrayed in pink. And you know what she said he was symbolic of? We've watered down the blood. That broke my heart to hear that. I'm telling you guys, Jesus' blood is still as powerful as ever before. So if you're getting older, don't think you're done. You're not out yet, okay? Keep reading. He said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. The three F's right there, if you'll get them. Fruitful, fresh, and flourishing. For what? Verse 15. To declare that the Lord is upright. That's our purpose for every one of this room, you know, is to begin to declare the works of the Lord. 
to begin to move and, and to, to help other people come to know Jesus, to be stirred up. So what are you telling us, Pastor? Whatever we do in life, let's do it with a, per, a, a passion. Let's do it with a purpose. Let's be excited about it. I mean, I, I've never gone to a football game and, and depending on who you root for when they score, just sit there and say, well, they just scored a touchdown. Wow, did you see that? That dude just did a home run. No, we're ecstatic over something that in a few years will be meaningless. Who cares? Who won the 1983 Super Bowl? Who can tell me? Come on. See, none of you can tell me. You know why? Because it doesn't mean a flip. It's good for the moment. But I'm going to tell you, the things of Jesus are eternal. And what happens is when we begin to serve, other people will be in heaven. And won't it be awesome when you get to heaven, this dude's up there with a big fat smile on his face, and he says, I'm here because you prayed. I'm here because when I was a little snotty-nosed kid, you threw me up in there. I'm the dude that spit on your face. See, those are the things that will mean everything in the world. That's the eternal significance. And as long as we're here, we've got to have the heart. I want to see as many people go to heaven as possible. I want to reach people. But it takes ones like you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.